Are you ready for goosebumps? Five eyewitnesses saw two people in the car, but there was only one person in that flaming vehicle. Hi, I'm Heather Fowler, and I'm host of Graceful Stories, Living and Learning That God's Got This. Today, we get to hear the story of a young woman on the way to a babysitting job. After she crashed the car, flames erupted without a way to get out. Oh, you do not want to miss this one. If you or someone you know has faced tragedy or difficulty that's hard to explain, keep listening. You will find hope in this story. So where did this story come from? A few years ago, I wrote a book called The Warrior. Through it, people started telling me their experiences of courage and how God got them through challenging times. These are their stories. Introduce you. Okay. <laughs> well, I am here with Cole Dewey, and Cole lives in Oklahoma, and I came all the way out here because I was so intrigued by your story. I tell you what, I am so excited to hear your story that I'm at my the edge of my seat. I've heard just little snippets of it from you and other people. And I will be honest, this is a story I have been looking forward to. So you live in Oklahoma and you own a flower shop. I do. And so we were supposed to come out here and, and actually did over Valentine's weekend. And you graciously said, sure, I own a flower shop. Sure. You can still come out here. <laughs> I'm actually so glad that that didn't work out because I was really exhausted the next day. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, um, God worked out all the details and we are back and it's not Valentine's weekend. Yeah. And so anyway, Cole, thank you. Thank you for being on here and thank you for being willing to talk to us and I would love everybody to hear your story. Well, thank you. I'm excited about doing it. Uh, do you want me to just start? Yeah, just go ahead and tell everybody where what okay. was going on. Well, so um, when I was 17, I was, um, you know, I was a really good kid. I was raised in church and I was very involved and always did the things that I was supposed to do. And I was a senior in high school and I was leaving uh, a voice lesson and then uh, was on my way to babysit. And all of a sudden I realized that the car in front of me had, was going very slow or was stopped or something. And before I could even hit my brakes, I ran into the back of them and immediately my car was on fire. And all of this happened really fast and I didn't know exactly what had happened and I didn't know, I didn't know. And so I reached for my door handle and my locks were flipping back and forth and it was an electric door. It was an electric thing. door lock. And I, every time I would pull on it, the door handle would not release. And so I looked up in the mirror and my face was on fire and I looked down at my hands and my hands were on fire mm. and I thought, I'm going to die in this car. This I'm 17 and I'm going to die in this car. And I, I actually, can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, and, and I can't even imagine really now, like, <laughs> like what a big thing to think when you're just a kid. But, um, I had a little sister who was 17 or I was 17. She was six. Um, and I, my first thought was she's not even going to remember me. 
And I thought, I have to get out of this car. And so I just prayed. I said, Jesus, I need you to help me. I've tried to do this by myself and I can't. And the next thing I knew, I was standing outside of my car, still on fire, but mm. standing there. And so I remembered to stop, drop and roll. So I ran mm. to the side of the road and I was rolling on the ground. And uh, all of a sudden this car came like kind of speeding towards me. And I thought, oh my gosh, now I'm going to get hit by a car. Like this <laughs> oh, is no. the worst thing. <laughs> and uh, this guy jumped out of his car and he said, I'm a firefighter. I can help you. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> you know, okay. And uh, my shirt had burned off and melted onto mm. my uh, body. And I'm standing on 39th street, which is a pretty busy street in Oklahoma city. And uh, I told him, I said, my mother would be so upset to know that I'm standing here looking like this. Cause I just was like, not in a lot of clothes. And he goes, hold on. So he got a blanket and he was holding mm. it in front of me. And all of a sudden I heard sirens happening and, um, I just remember thinking, how is this all? I mean, it was all so fast and I mean, you know, cars are backed up for miles and he moved me. He said, we need to move because you're, gas tank is going to blow up because oh. my car was on fire. I mean, it was Engulfed. actively burning. Yes. And so, and it did uh, a few minutes later. And so the uh, ambulances and fire trucks started arriving and uh, they kept asking me, I was awake the whole time. And so they kept asking me who was in your car with you. Did you have anyone with you? No, I was by myself. How did you get out of your car? I don't know. I was just out of my car. Okay. <laughs> they put me in the ambulance and it was actually the day before the one year anniversary of the Oklahoma city bombing. Oh, really? And I was supposed to sing at school the next morning. Mm. And so I, they put me in the ambulance and they were, you know, cutting my rings off of my fingers and they went to cut off my jeans. And I said, Oh, these are my favorite jeans. Can we just take those off instead of cutting them off? And they're like, sweetheart, no. <laughs> they're cutting my <laughs> jeans. And so I told them, I said, do you think I'm going to have to go to the hospital? And they said, yes. And I said, okay, well, I I'll go, but I can't stay there because I have to sing at school tomorrow. And you know, these guys just kept looking at me like, okay, like <laughs> we'll just go along with whatever you're saying. And I so must have just been in shock. Yeah. Were you in pain? Um, not a lot. I think most of my body was burned bad enough that it wasn't hurting. Mm. Um, my legs hurt. And they were only second degree burns. So, mm -hmm. um, but I just thought that'll be okay. You know, like it's not that bad. Uh, so they finally were kind of wrapping things up and they kept asking me like, was anyone with you? No, I was alone. How did you get out of your car? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's the only part I don't remember. And uh, so they're getting ready and closing the doors. And I said, are you guys going to turn on like lights and sirens? And the EMT that was with me said, do you want lights and sirens? And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to do this in yeah, style. Let's do this. <laughs> so they turned them on and we went and I told them, take me to Mercy Hospital because that's closer to my house. And they were like, well, we're going to take you to the burn center. So oh, <laughs> we're just, yeah. you know, like I just mm -hmm. was micromanaging them a little bit. And um, so I remember we got to the hospital and they took me in. And I look up and I'm all alone because, you know, nobody was with me. And so mm -hmm. I'm just with all these people that I don't know. And I'm sitting in the emergency room and I look up and there's this guy that went to my church and he was uh. a little bit older than me. But uh, I said, is that David? 
is that Doug Ray? That was his name. And they were like, they look at him and he goes, yes. And I said, can you come over here and like sit with me? And it was his first day. It, oh yeah. Now what was he doing at the hospital? What was he his was role? He was an EMT, but I think he was at I I don't know exactly why okay. he was there, but I think he was working at the hospital, but okay. it was like his first day. Mm-hmm. So, that was amazing though to have just a, a familiar face, you know. Right. And I mean at that time I was kind of in and out of, you know, what was happening, but mm-hmm. uh, I remember my mom walking in and she said, "Honey, I want you to know that your daddy's not doing very well with this." And I said, okay and my dad walked in and he had tears like streaming down his face and you know but my mother was always just a rock about everything and Mm -hmm. we're gonna handle this and we'll take care of it and so it was a complete relief to see them there yeah Uh, imagine and so at that point they probably started medicating me pretty well and (laughs) um, that's about the last that I remember of that day Um, and but I found out later that they had told my parents that night that, um, you know, if I lived through the night, Ooh. that it would be, I would be very, very, it would be very challenging for me to have a normal life. They, oh. they felt like that because my face was burned so bad that I had probably had a lot of, um, probably inhaled fire. Oh, And so they didn't know if I would be able to speak normally and, you know, I sing. And so my mom was like, well, but she sings. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Mm. and they didn't know like if I would be able to keep my hands or if Mm. my ears would stay, you know, like you just don't know. Right. And that night they diagnosed me as 80% of my body was burned. Mm. And there are a lot of people that don't, that don't survive that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, they said, but, if she does survive, we feel like she'll be here at least six months mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there'll be countless surgeries and mm-hmm. all of that. So, um, I mean, I was out of it for about, I turned 18 in the hospital. So that was about three weeks after my accident. And that's about the time that I remember like starting to be awake enough to remember things that are happening. I have memories in between of like, yeah. they take you to the tank room where they're giving you the bath and debriding your burns and all of that. Mm-hmm. And of course that's, I mean, you know, I think that your brain is protective of you. And so right. I don't have like sharp memories of that, but I remember that it was miserable. And I would say to them, will you give me like, they, you know, they scrub your burns to get all of the dead skin off. And so the nurses would be doing it and I would say, can I, can I do that? You know, like, give me that and let me do it. Would they let you? Uh Yeah. See, our son, um, a couple summers ago, had a grease burn down the side of his legs. So I am totally aware. And they said, this is going to be, now for my son, totally different situation than what you dealt with. But they said that this is going to be the most painful part, part. that this is what, that that you deal with. And so just plan on it being horrible. So I cannot imagine having to go through the amount of body that you had to deal with. with Right. Well, and they did, they took my, as I, after the first few days, they took my percentage down to like 30% of my body. Mm. I think there was so much inflammation and everything that Ah. first night, but uh, once they were kind of able to get me in the burn center and actually start looking at everything, so it was better, you know, 30%, but still, I mean, it was a lot of important parts. It was my face and my arms and my hands, my back and the front Mm. of my legs. So uh, I do remember I would be in the tank room and 
I would be scrimming and it did hurt and it was awful. And I would sing really? to kind of distract myself and all the nurses and, you know, I was 17. Mm-hmm. And so all the nurses were just like, this kid, you know, like she's just <laughs> in there singing while <laughs> she's doing this. her body. <laughs> but it just distracted me. And even today, like, um, you know, if I get nervous about something or whatever, if I sing along even to the radio, it just calms, calms me down me. a little bit. bit. What so, a joyous thing. I know. So now the fun part, I would love for you to tell us where God was in all of this. Well, I think, I don't, I don't know exactly what happened to get me out of that car, but I think that one way or another, God pulled me out of that car. Um, I don't know if it was Jesus himself who I prayed to, um, or if it was an angel or if it was, I don't know what it was. Somehow God arranged for you to get out of that car. Well, my doors were jammed into the back of my car and all my windows were intact. And so that's why they kept asking me, how did you get out of your car? And I just kept saying, I don't know. And and they had like had to pry the doors open to get the fire out. All the windows, the front window was shattered, but it hadn't fallen in. Okay. And the windows were all up. So it just, nobody had any logical explanation of how I got out. Mm -hmm. And also there'd been five people on scene that had called 911 and said, there's two people in the little red car, which was my car. Hmm. There's two people in the other car which there were two people in the other car. Um, but there was, that's why they kept asking me, did you have someone with you? Because they needed to rescue that person too. So much so that they sent a medical examiner out to check the car and to check like the surrounding areas, like a search party looking for someone who had been burnt and wandered off. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, you hear stories like that, but you don't always get to talk to the person who's had that happen. That's really neat. You know, a lot of what I've done in my studies, because I do a YouTube channel also, is we've been talking about the difference between providence and miracles. And so providence is using natural human means to make God's will happen. But miracles are using supernatural means, and you are the perfect example of a miracle. I mean, it really is. Well, I I believe that. I mean, I do believe that, and that, uh, and not that I had ever wavered in my faith before. I mean, I was so young and immersed in it all my life, but but that cemented it for me that day. So anything in my life since then that has, I my faith has never wavered. Oh, that's awesome, uh, and that is. I mean, it's such a blessing to me because the, uh, you know, just that feeling of having someone that is supporting you and it being God is right. amazing. Being I mean, in the car with you. I mean, yeah. we hear that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Right. But to have proof of that, you have right. five people that have given you proof. Right. That One he of those five not- people, I, I knew him and he didn't oh. know it was me and he came to the hospital. That was how we figured it out, kind of, because ah. he came to the hospital and he asked my mom, he said, what happened to the other guy that was in her car? And my mom goes, Luke, there was no one in her car with her. And he said, Mrs. Dewey, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I saw it happen. I called 911. I didn't know it was cold, but I saw two people in her car. It was Hmm. funny because my pastor's wife was there with us when that happened. And she looked at my mom. With the car accident or when when he he came to the hospital? And she said to my mom, she goes, do you understand what's going on here? And my mom goes, I, 
you know, we were all, I mean, she was right. stressed out. It was mm-hmm. uh, crazy, but, um, she said, what, I don't know what you mean. And she goes, this is a miracle. Mm-hmm. This is like, he sent somebody to save her. And my mom said, Oh, I don't want a guidepost story. I just want my baby to get better. Oh, I can understand that from a mom's perspective. It's funny though, because my story was in guidepost not very long oh, after really? that. Yeah. So <laughs> it ended up being like kind of, you know, a fulfilled pro- prophecy, maybe. But um, yeah. So I mean, I think that God was definitely there for that part. Um, I think that the fireman being the first person on the scene. Absolutely. In his car, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Like. I mean, it could have been anyone and he knew what to do and he knew what not to do. He held the blanket up around me, but didn't lay it on my skin. Because that because, would have caused more problems. Yeah. It could have caused an infection or whatever. And he came to the hospital several times Did and he? we kept in touch with him for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, I think that the, you know, the kid that was in the emergency room that I recognized, I when said to him, it. will you come over here and pray with me? Mm. And he did. And so immediately, like there was prayer throughout this whole thing, all the times that I needed it the very most, you know, whether it was my own prayers or somebody else's or, uh, you know, and my parents didn't even know at some of those points that it had happened. So they were my biggest prayer warriors, you know. That's awesome. Uh, but then also uh, my burn numbers going from 80% to 30%. To 30. I mean, that was a huge blessing. And I think, I mean, I think that that was probably God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also they had told my parents six months and I was in the hospital for 28 days. Oh, wow. And yeah. So I was supposed to sing at my senior breakfast and senior from high school, senior from high school. Mm-hmm. And I was scheduled to do it. And then they had basically just said, there's, there's no, way no way this is going to happen. And they had graduated me immediately. They closed out my grades. Mm. And so, you know, we weren't having to worry about any That's of that, good. but, um, my doctor was amazing. Uh, he and my mother kind of butted heads a little bit, uh, but I think she was just, she was you know, just being protective of her baby. Yes. But mm-hmm. I loved him and I loved, he talked to me like an adult and mm. he, I turned 18 in the hospital. So, mm. Oh the, wow. That would have been sudden, a different dynamics. Yeah. I had to, I had to make the decisions. It was up to me instead of my parents, like on that day. So mm. he kept coming in and saying, we're going to do this surgery and skin grafts and, they started on my hands. They did one arm at a time. And I, then the plan was to do my face. And I kept telling him, I don't really want to do my face. I don't like the way my hands look, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I don't feel like my face is going to recover well from that. And he was like, look, we're trying to save your life. Yeah. You know, which yeah, of course. So I told him, I said, well, we're just really going to pray about it. And you know, mm-hmm. maybe it'll change something. And he, I don't think that he was, completely on board with that you know (laughs) and he said to my mother and this is why my mother didn't really like him he said i'm gonna leave you guys here with your faith (laughs) but we will be grafting her face Mm. and uh, the night before the face graft was scheduled he came in and i remember the look on his face because he looked so perplexed and he was like I don't know what's going on here, but your face is healing. And (laughs) I don't feel like that we have to do the skin grafts on your face. And it was just such a like win, you know, (laughs) like that's so so awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, And then just a few days later, uh, he came in and he goes, well, I mean, I feel like everything's healing really well. All the places that we're going to graft have been grafted and I'm going to release you in the next few days. 
And I said, I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ready. You all told us six months. It's been like, you know, at this point it was like 22 days or something. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I think you are ready. He said, there's no reason for you to stay here. So, um, I got released from the hospital the day before my senior breakfast. And we obviously had figured out that I could still sing. You were singing while I was singing through. And my voice teacher was coming up to the hospital and doing voice lessons with me because it was something that I loved and it gave me something to do other than Mm -hmm. just lay there and be burnt, you know? (laughs) And um, so we called my teacher, my uh, music teacher and said, you know, is this something that we can do? And, you know, the song that I had picked out before was like a real senior song. And yeah, I, I told her, I said, I, I have a different song that I want to sing and it's kind of churchy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) do you think that's going to be okay? And she said, I think it's going to be fine. And the song is, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, and it may be called this when you can't see his hands, trust his heart. And so I had been working on it with my voice teacher the whole time mm-hmm. I was in the hospital and they didn't, I said, don't tell anyone I'm coming because if it doesn't work out, I don't want it to be like, you know, a right. thing. and I went to a huge high school. We had mm. like 350 seniors graduating and they had all been up there. It feels like, yeah. <laughs> like there were so many people that came, but, um, so that night, whenever they released me, I went home and we were walking in the back door literally I had not had on shoes in like 28 days and I stumbled in the uh, stepping into the laundry room and uh, fell. Oh no. And I scraped the whole side of my face. Oh no. And I just sat there crying and say, Mm -hmm. take me back. I told them that I wasn't ready to come back. And, uh, you know, my mom got me inside and she said, you do not have to go to senior breakfast. And I don't even I don't even know how this came to me so quickly. This was probably a God thing too, but I said, I feel like something's trying to keep me from going and telling all of my friends how big of a thing God has done for me. And I'm going, I don't care. Good for you. And so we went the next day and they wheeled me in in a wheelchair. (laughs) And then we got to the room where the senior breakfast was. And I said, I want to walk in. And my mom was like, no, please just let me wheel you in. And I said, no, I want to walk in. And I did. And I had a little stool and I sat up there and I sang my song and I just told him a little bit, you know, about what had happened and just, you know, thanked him, thanked all the people that had come to see me and all of that. And it was amazing. I mean, mm. amazing. And then a few days after that, I was able to graduate oh, with, with all my your class. Friends. Now, I've gotten some flack about this from like my cousins and stuff because our graduation was outside mm-hmm. on the football field. And so my parents rented a limousine so that they could pull up right next to everybody. And so when yeah. they called my name, the principal came out and got me out of the car, took me up and then brought me back. And I was so exhausted. I think you they just a limousine. That was just Man, fine. My cousins are like, it looks like Elvis is graduating. <laughs> he is. Well, <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it was an amazing memory for me. Absolutely. And, you know, I missed a lot of things that yeah, last, it's true. It's that true. last few weeks. So, Um, but I mean, I, I saw God through all of that. I saw God in the nurses and there was, uh, there was this one guy that was like, I don't remember what his, he wasn't a nurse, but maybe he was an EMT or like a CNA or something, but he would come in and just sit with me Mm. and he was younger and it was just so comforting to have like kind of a friend there. And, you know, I don't, 
I haven't ever seen him since. And I don't even know if he would remember me because I bet you I he mean, would. <laughs> I don't know. But, <laughs> but I saw God in that. I mean, looking back on it for sure, just having someone just show kindness. I, I was dealing with and dealt with for a while. Um, just the way that people would respond to me, yeah, you know, physically after mm -hmm. this. And, uh, I guess I really didn't have any idea like how much I had relied on my appearance before. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was not, I was always a very confident kid. Like my mother was really good at instilling that in me. And, mm -hmm. um, so I, I didn't struggle with that a whole lot, like through high school or anything, but then all of a sudden when it's taken away, you can't uh, rely on that. Right. And that was, uh, that was really hard to just know, you know, how are, how will some, even just at the grocery store, how will people respond to you? Mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it was helpful to me to have people that didn't love me. They just, were there and were willing to be my friend, even though even didn't matter. it didn't matter. It didn't matter. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I want to transfer to our last part of our episode. So I want to know, this is the advice section. So I know that there are, there are people who are going to listen to this, that maybe it wasn't a, a burn type of trauma, but people who know people who've dealt with some kind of trauma who are in the hospital and maybe it's uh, disfiguring what they've gone through. They need to know what to do and what not to do. So I know that there were probably some people that were trying with the right heart and trying with to do the right thing for you and wanted to be there for you. What We'll, we'll get to what people did that was great, but maybe what are some things that people should stay away from and not do or not say? Um, you know, I'm pretty easygoing about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, so nothing ever really offended me or um, like I didn't ever mind someone asking me what had happened or, uh, but when I was in the hospital, people would come, they would send people up that had been through something similar that I had mm -hmm. been through. And, you know, I remember there was this one girl that she had, I mean, I think it had been 10 or 12 years mm -hmm. since her, whatever her fire was, but, um, I had no concept of what I would look like in 10 or 12 years. And when she would come into my room, it completely devastated me. Because I thought, is this the best I can hope for? You know, right uh, now I can look back on that. She was burned a lot worse than I was. Mm. Um, so, but it scared me. Right. You know, right. Uh, not because she was scary, but just because I thought, oh my gosh, this is so much worse than I thought it was, you know? Right. right, right. And I think that was the thing the whole way through. I was, oh, it's going to be fine. <laughs> you know, everything's going to be Sounds fine. Like from the moment go, <laughs> you were like, can I go and do my thing tomorrow morning? Right. You know, don't rip my jeans. I'm really good. These are my favorite jeans. Yes. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? Um, but so I'm, I've always been, people have said to me recently, like, you should go up and like offer to go in and talk to other people that you, have happened. But it, I wouldn't want to freak anybody out, you know, like I don't want yeah. So I don't know. I feel like everybody's if, path is their own. And maybe sure. when it's get, when it's compared in a situation, yeah. you have to be careful. And I, 
I would be willing to do that. And I feel like if the time is right that, you know, God would provide something like that maybe, but, mm-hmm. um, it has never, I've, I've spoken to lots of people, but I haven't ever, um, than that where I'm like mentoring another person who's been in a situation like mine. Yeah. And, but I mean, as far as the positive things, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, it never bothered me for people to ask me what had happened. I remember the first few times that we were just out in public and I would notice people just looking because mm-hmm. of course, I mean, it's, and, and then, I mean, I've had 30 plastic surgeries since then. Ah. So it was, you know, I went through several different phases of the way that I looked. Mm. Um, but even like little kids, you know, would say, what happened to you? And their yeah. parents would, oh, you know, just like clutch their <laughs> pearls. And I'm like, it's okay, you know. And I kind of worried about it when I had my little girl. I thought, how's it going to be at school? Right. And it's so funny because she, when she was like in kindergarten, she'd be like, this is my mom. She was burned in a fire. It's okay though. She's just like everybody else. I mean, she was just so <laughs> sweet. And then they would, add, and I would be like, if you have any questions, you can ask me, well, can we touch your hands? Yes. You know? <laughs> like, so it's, but that's the cool thing about children is they take the mystery out of it. Right. You know, right. That's awesome. Yeah. So, kids. I mean that, I think that that is, um, I think, you know, being respectful it is definitely a thing, but I think it's okay to ask questions. And at least it was for me. I mean, like you said, everyone has their own experience, but. Was there anybody that you'd want to give a shout out to that was extra helpful or did something nice? Oh gosh. So many, I mean, so many people, I couldn't even get specific. I mean, there's a Your high that, school buddies. <laughs> my, well, okay. and so it was crazy because a lot of my high school buddies left pretty soon mm, because it was Everybody just right there, you know? Yeah. Um, my best friend at the time, it was uh, really funny because I was in and out on mm-hmm. like a morphine drip. And mm-hmm. I, at one point I woke up and I looked at my mom and I said, where is Christy? She hasn't been here at all. And she goes, cool, she's right there. And she'd been there the whole time. And, and we're still really good friends. And so, I mean, she was, yes, all, always amazing. But um, there was another girl that we were not close in high school, but I think that just the impact of what had happened touched her. And she would call me and say, can I come over? Is there anything I can do? Mm. And she would take me to doctor's appointments sometimes, which I think my mother was like, Oh, please, you know, because oh, I getting in the car with another 18 year old. Amen. Yeah. Uh, As a mom, I can understand that. But it terror. was so nice for me mm-hmm. to be able to not just be surrounded by parents, you know? So she would take me to physical therapy or take me to a doctor's appointment or whatever. And, and we became friends and we're still friends now, but we never really were. I mean, I knew her, but we weren't like close in high school. Uh, but you know, I mean, just everyone was so wonderful. My mother was, I just can't imagine anyone being more supportive. Um, I mean, she just was my rock through all of that. Oh, that's you awesome. Know? Um, and your dad, dad did okay with all of it after all. He, yeah, he did. That's good. So last thing, possibly God will allow this video, well, not video, but audio, this podcast to get into the hands of someone who is sitting in the hospital right now, who's dealt with burn trauma or some other kind of trauma that physically is difficult. I would love for you to just grab that microphone and talk to them. Okay. 
And so I think it sounds cliche, but you're stronger than you think. And it's amazing what your body and mind can do for you. And I think that so much of it is your attitude and your determination. I mean, I was so ready to get home and I wanted to graduate. That was my goal. Um, And, you know, for as educated and um, aware that doctors are of all the things that are happening, they don't know everything and they don't know how your body's going to respond. And they don't always take into account what God is doing in your life or in your body. So sometimes I think when you're given a timeline or um, an expectation that, I mean, it's something to consider, but I don't think it has to become gospel. Um, I think that it would be great for all of us to learn that people don't look at us the way that we look at ourselves up close in the mirror. And, you know, the imperfections, whether it be from a burn or a trauma or whatever, or just something that you perceive is not what you would like it to be, is not something that someone else is going to focus on, probably. That's something I learned really early, I think. Um, Also, you know, the people that are going to love you, they're going to love you because of who you are and not because of what your face looks like. And I feel like I learned that very early because I was probably, it took me a while, but I was probably 23 or 24. And I, it was like a light bulb turned on in my head. And I thought all these, all these people that love me, I'm surrounded by people that love me and not one of them cares about my scars or uh, any of that, that happened to me. And it, what it did for me is it made me really examine how my heart is. And it made me want to just be a better person so that they had a really good reason to love me, you know? (laughs) So, and I think that we could all learn that a little bit. And sometimes I think some people never learn that, but, um, you know, I just think that when you do have faith and maybe even when you don't, there is this driving force behind us that is rooting for us and hoping for our best and providing the tools for us to be our best. And if we're able and willing to take that, then it's there. And that's, I've had lots of things. I lost my mom eight years later. And I mean, I've had lots of hard things in my life, but I've always had the assurance that I wasn't alone and I didn't have to handle it on my own. And even now, I mean, owning a business is not for the faint of heart. I pray about little stuff like I need to book a wedding this week. And it's amazing to me when God just hands you those things, stuff that doesn't even really matter in the scheme of things, but stuff that you're worried about, you know, and that's, that to me is such a, it gives you such a security and such a sense of just comfort knowing that you're not in it alone. Mm. So I guess those are my, you know, big life lessons. That's Awesome. That's awesome. And you know, the thing that I keep going back to in your story is that 
you were not alone. (laughs) You really were not alone. And how that truth has been able to carry with you throughout all of the other problems that you've had to navigate in your life. So I know this will speak to people and I am so very, very, very thankful that you spent the time with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I love having the opportunity to do this. I don't, I think I told you this when we talked on the phone, uh, when it was my 20 year reunion, my 20 year anniversary of my accident, I all of a sudden realized that not all the people around me knew my story. Like Mm -hmm. even people I'm close to, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. because if it doesn't come up, it doesn't come up. And if someone doesn't ask me, I'm not just like, by the way, guess what happened? You know? (laughs) So I posted on Facebook Mm -hmm. because I just thought, well, that would be, and the people that I, I know well were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And people were sharing it. And I just thought this is, that, that was God that told me, put this on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, even stupid Facebook. <laughs> it's a, it's a way for other people to hear this. Absolutely. And so it's nice to be able to have a platform to tell people because I, Anytime I get the opportunity to, if someone asks me about my accident or about my burns, I tell them maybe not quite this in depth, but I tell them the whole story because Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe God's putting them in front of me because they need to hear it. Absolutely. So this is awesome. I'm glad that you are getting in front of lots of people. So this is awesome. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Really appreciate it. Thank Thank you for joining us for Graceful Stories, where we get the opportunity to see the grace of our Heavenly Dad in the real stories of our guests. I'd like to thank our guest today, Cole Dewey, for sharing her story and helping us see how she never felt abandoned by Jesus and in fact felt His presence so very powerfully. If you have any questions or would like to share your story, message us. We will get right back with you. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe so that you never miss a story. And stay tuned next time to hear the story of a young woman who got pregnant and decided to give her baby up for adoption. Until next time, my friends, put your faith in Jesus, because God's got this.